Welcome to the podcast Against Disease. I am your host for the show, Natalie Fodiatis, and we're continuing with our COVID Around the World mini-series. We have our second segment, and that will be a recording from Maggie in Argentina, followed by an interview with Christina in the Netherlands. So first, we'll hear from Maggie. Hi everyone, my name is Maggie. I'm from Buenos Aires, Argentina, and reside here in Buenos Aires. Uh, I actually lived in the States for almost 11 years. When I was younger, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and in my teen years, I lived in Potomac, Maryland. But I've been in Argentina since, um, since 2007. But I know a bit about the lockdown in the U.S., particularly in the DMV area. I'm an educational psychologist. I worked for seven years up until last year in a special education school for kids who are deaf or hard of hearing. But because it was too much work or I needed a mental break, they gave me a license for that entire year because it was too much work. Uh, the license is without pay, of course, but um, they gave they gave me that as an opportunity as to whether something happened this year, I could go back next year. This year, I started treating patients and also helping a student who is mainstreamed in a school, helping him to understand the contents that the teachers sent him and adapt them if necessary according to his needs. In regards to how the quarantine has impacted my work, it's been hard since most of my patients have hearing loss. Although they have hearing aids or cochlear implants, it can be difficult for the communication to go smoothly and for them to understand me well. And with a student in particular, it's also been hard but more so because it was a job that I had been expecting and thought it was going to turn out a certain way and it hasn't. And also his family has been very demanding and so I'm not very happy. But at the same time, I know that there are many people who are in a way tougher situation than I am. And so for that, I just try to look at the positive and I'm very grateful. Just try, I just try to hang on and not let it get to me. In other aspects of my life, it's also affected me. I obviously, just like everyone, miss my friends. My father traveled to his hometown, which is a province up north of Argentina, and he hasn't been able to get back to the city since, since there are no national flights, no buses, no cars, nothing. I've been with my moms and siblings. My boyfriend is with his family, so I haven't been able to see him. I was actually apartment hunting to move by myself right before this happened, so that's also affected me as well. In regards to the COVID situation in Argentina, There's a lockdown nationwide. However, it's even stricter in Buenos Aires because it's the capital and it's also where almost 70% of the cases are. The lockdown began, began on March 20th, but schools have been closed since March 16th. This past Sunday, actually, the president announced that they were extending it to May 10th, letting us know afterwards that it may last longer, asking for patience from us and telling us that he is very aware of the economic crisis. However, he very much prioritizes the lives the lives of the citizens. For him, it's health before economy. And he remarks that you can pass and stand up from economic crisis, but you can't come back or return from the loss of a loved one. The president also said that starting from today, which is April 27th, in certain regions of the country, some citizens can only walk about 500 meters, which I think is almost 600 yards a day, but that is it. There's no running or any other type of physical activity. So the lockdown is very strict. 
you can only go out if you're going to the grocery store or pharmacy. And sometimes even a police officer can ask for your ID to check to see if you're actually going to a grocery store or pharmacy that is nearby your house. If you have to leave the house for work or to have to help an elderly, for example, you need to have a permission slip and show it to the police. There are many controls, and so they can stop you, um, and you need to show them your permission slip, especially if you're taking public transportation or go by car. In the city, if they see you walking just because and you don't really have a valid reason as to why you're outside, um, they can give you up to a $1,000 fine. And obviously, if you break the, the quarantine, they've recommended for children and people over 60 years old to stay at home at all costs. People here have been very aware of the situation. Most people have been obeying and staying home. However, there are still some, you know, that kind of sneaky-ish try to get away with the lockdown. For example, they showed on the news these, this past week about a woman who got inside the, tr on, inside the trunk of a car in order to go and see her boyfriend. So during one of the controls, um, they caught the person that was driving and her and gave them both a fine. You can tell that people are very aware because of what we all saw what we all saw happen in Italy, China, and now in the U.S. And I think that's why the government decided to make the lockdown strict from the beginning. Uh, as of today, there are almost 4,000 cases, 200 deaths, and over 1,000 recoveries. There's also a huge lack of testing, which is why everyone thinks that the numbers are higher. Many people believe that this is probably that this probably won't be over, over until next year. There have been rumors that classes may start again in September, but we really don't think so. In Argentina, the school year here is from March until December. They've also canceled all flights until September. There are thousands of Argentinians trying to get back home from all over the world and they can't. I'm not sure, but I think that there are only up to two flights per day where people are able to get back, but that's it. And that's another thing. People are saying that we might not be able to travel for a whole year at least, especially internationally. We feel that, yes, we do have way lower cases than any other parts in the world, but are afraid that the numbers might go up drastically. Also, winter is coming up soon, and that's something that, of course, worries us. You know, mixing up symptoms, since it's a time where many people can get sick. And, of course, economic-wise, we're very preoccupied. Argentina is a country that depends on tourism. Many people visit Buenos Aires, go to Iguazu Falls, and go to Patagonia. We are also very big on theaters, entertainment, tango, sports, especially soccer, and in many other areas. So we are aware that it will hit us hard, just as it will worldwide. The only problem is that we don't feel prepared for it, and we're worried about it. I've personally learned to try to take this day by day and not think so much about tomorrow because it can be very frustrating, overwhelming, and nerve-wracking. It makes me very sad being away from my dad, my boyfriend, and friends, and I'm worried, of course, but I just try to see the light at the end of the tunnel and hope for the best. Work keeps me busy, maybe busier than it used to, but now I try to relax at night, especially over the weekend, just try to connect with friends and loved ones. I haven't been really good with exercising, but I try, but I have been reading more. And lastly, I just wanted to ask people, um, anyone who's hearing this, if there are any things that they're doing to cope with the situation. I know that in different parts of, of the world, you know, in regards to the lockdown, it can be different for everyone, but just wanted to know how they were coping. And in particular, if there was someone, if there's someone who's in a job that doesn't like much or was 
looking for a change right before the lockdown or someone somewhat lost in their career, but know that they have to do, they have to sort of make the best of the situation. How do they handle it? How do they not let it get to them? And at the same time, how are they able to, you know, keep uh, looking online and, and for other opportunities and job hunting? So thank you very much. That was Maggie from Argentina. And if any of our listeners have suggestions for Maggie on how they're coping or how they are job hunting during this time, please feel free to leave comments. Maggie would love to hear from you and get some guidance on and how she can make the most out of this situation. So our next guest is Christina, and she is in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Welcome, Christina. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast Against Disease. So you're living in Amsterdam. Where are you from? Yeah. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm originally from Athens, Greece, and I'm, I live in Amsterdam since uh, a couple of years now, almost. Great, great. And what do you do for work? Yeah, so I'm working for a tech company, uh, an American-based uh, tech company that basically provides supply chain and planning solutions to big multinational uh, manufacturing and other retailers. So basically, I'm a project manager for that company. I work internally. Uh, it's it's a sales-driven organization, but my role is mostly to streamline and uh, set some processes on the sales operations. That sounds interesting. Do you have any other projects that you want to highlight on the show? Yeah, so that's my day job <laughs> that pays my bills. But on the side, I, I, I work a lot on music. Uh, so I recently started music production lessons, but uh, my main other hobby is uh, DJing. Oh, cool. So I, I really like electronic music, deep house, techno, this kind of hard stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, if everyone likes this music. I know it's kind of like particular, I guess. I guess. I um, but I really like it and I think moving to Amsterdam has kind of offered me the possibility to listen to this music much more than I did before and yeah it's just a passion of mine that I do on the side, on the side yeah that sounds really fun so there's a, a, a good scene for that in Amsterdam yes uh, so in Europe there are two big scenes there is Berlin and I think Amsterdam comes second after Berlin and and like the variety of artists and the variety of um, venues that you can go to listen to this type of music and uh, as well the festivals so I think many people uh, have been to festivals in Amsterdam and it's yeah it's uh, Netherlands in general has been pioneer in music festivals so yeah so was that part of the, did that factor into your decision to go to Amsterdam or was that just sort of? No, not at all. That was, um, that came after, I guess. I, I mean, I, I like this music before, but uh, here I just really understood that I really love it. Um, no, my, my decision to move here, I was living in Geneva previously in Switzerland, was uh, related more to that. I wanted a change and I wanted to live in a more vibrant, young uh, city. And I also found a job at that time. So I moved here. Great. So now let's talk about COVID. So what is the situation like in Amsterdam or in the Netherlands in general? And how has that impacted your work and also your involvement in music? The Netherlands reacted to the situation, I think, compared to other countries in Europe, not very early on. So I think mid-March, uh, we had the first announcement from the government that said, now if you can actually work from home, please work from home. We're closing down uh, schools, we're closing down uh, restaurants, bars. 
we're for the moment postponing all events until further notice etc so yeah mid-march this started happening for me i think even though we knew that covid was happening we didn't really realize it until that time i think we had first case around the end of february but still it felt like something that's not really affecting us but then i think when i realized that this is going to be tough is when uh, the government announced that they're going to cancel all events until further notice. So I think because also I'm in, interested in that, events and music industry in general, I think that's why uh, it hit me <laughs> at that time, yeah. So there's a lockdown and it's complete or...? No, no. So it's only been prescriptive. So the government has been, has been saying... If you can work from home, please do so, uh, and and just keep uh, you know two meters distance if you are in the street, etc. And yeah, obviously they've, they've shut down schools, gyms, uh, all types of uh, professional places where many people can gather. But we're not prohibited from going outside if you want to take a walk or whatever time of the day. So, for example, in Greece, because I'm talking with my family and friends, uh, there they had the lockdown, more more strict lockdown for about a month. And whenever they needed to go out, they would need to have a specific form filled. I think the same as Switzerland. Uh, if you need to go out, you need to fill a form. So, no, we didn't have any of that. Um, I think it looks like people were quite adhering to the to that measure. So most people didn't go to work. They worked from home. Also, my company, most people were working from home. No issues there. I think only a couple of people who were really workaholics, if I can say that, they couldn't stay home and they still went to the office, even though they didn't have to. But no, apart from that, everyone else is working from home since then. And then I don't know until until when. Okay, yeah. and restaurants are closed. Yeah, bars. restaurants are closed, bar bars are closed. You can only take away from some restaurants if you want uh, food uh, or coffee or something. And I think this week uh, or last week was the first time I saw some more sh- small shops opening. So if you want to go, I don't know, buy some clothes or most of them were closed until now, but now they're reopening. Okay. And then are people congregating outside or you go outside and you see people, but it's not like large groups of people? Yeah. So yeah, I mostly see two or three people together. I don't see many larger groups. So in in the past few weeks also, I spent time in The Hague, which is a city a bit outside of Amsterdam uh, on on a beach. And so, for example, there, whenever I was taking a walk on the beach, you you would see people, uh, people walking their dogs or people with their children. But in general, I didn't see large groups now. So I think people were quite okay with following the measures, let's say. Yeah. Okay. And then um, I know Amsterdam is a really big cycling city. And there's, when I was there, there were just bikes everywhere yeah everywhere is, it, yeah, yeah. is that still happening or are people just yeah i think it's yeah it is still happening uh, we don't see as many bikes probably as as before but uh because people don't need to go to work uh, back every day but people still yeah bike instead of taking the public transport for instance uh, i haven't taken actually public transport since a month and a half as well so i don't really know but i think there were much less trains going going during that time. The only, so this week, so basically last week, the prime minister and the government said that as of this week and next week, primary schools and anything sports related for children up to 18 would restart um, work operating, basically. So I think that's 
is the reason why I see more people this week out than I've seen before. Uh, that the other reason could be that just people are fed up, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, personally, I I'm okay. I'm still coping. Okay. <laughs> so uh, most of the time, I've been uh, at my boyfriend's place in The Hague. Uh, today is the first day actually that I came back in Amsterdam. So I really haven't experienced a lot being alone, which I think is a little bit more challenging than having someone you know to talk with um, and do stuff with during the day. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, it's hard for us to understand exactly what the strategy is because I think there's no strategy from the government as mm. to what will happen. I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday who is a dentist and I was asking her, and she also lives here in Amsterdam, and I was asking her, so do you understand what's the plan? And she's like, there is no plan. Mm. Everyone is kind of improvising. We're kind, All of us are in an experiment right now because... Governments don't know how to deal with this. It's a really first time that they have something like that. So that's true. And I think it's hard to, yeah, to, to, to go through it, that uncertainty, because I think normally we, we you know, expect from the government to, to give us a solution to a problem or to have figured something out. But in this case, they haven't because they don't know still. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And did the social distancing measures work in the Netherlands? Was there... Yeah, I think they... they, Yeah, they realized that um, the infection rates were going... uh, So they flattened the curve, I think. Um, Still, there is people obviously infected and uh, going to emergency. I think they had a shortage or they they thought they would have a shortage of, of beds, but it turns out that they haven't needed all of them so far so i guess that's good but i don't know i think what probably they would try to do is as they're easing up some measures for for now for example children to go back to school they want to see how that will affect the contagion rates and infection rates probably mm-hmm. and if that goes well maybe then they would give something else like they would ease some other part of measures if that doesn't go well then they would not so but i'm not sure my friend that I was speaking to yesterday, she was saying, yeah, well, probably it's going to go better for a period, but then after September, we might have a second more severe wave. So I, I guess, yeah, it's not going to be over soon. So it's very tough. <laughs> right, right. So it's just kind of adapting to this this new yeah. normal. And earlier you mentioned maybe people are fed up. Do you have a general sense of what things are like for people? I know you said it hasn't been so bad for you because you've been able to go and and stay with your boyfriend but do you know what it's like for for other people yeah so yeah so some people i think in the beginning they quite enjoyed not having to commute so first week or so probably was nice for most people and afterwards uh it's been yeah netflix movies walks some people said they they tried having a routine around like exercising but then they stopped so yeah, I, I really don't know. It's an individual case-by-case basis. Personally, what I thought helped me um, was that I tried to have like some goals and I said to myself, okay, this is a tough time, but I will set like three goals and most of them, or four, <laughs> and most of them I, I actually attained, so I'm quite happy. So when I would look back in the future, when this is over, I would say, yes, this was terrible, but at least I used the time to do that. Mm-hmm. which I, otherwise I wouldn't have done. So for instance, 
because I'm, I'm DJing, I said, okay, I would upload a mix up on SoundCloud. And I did twice so far. Or, <laughs> yeah, or uh, I would learn music production. Actually, this is pretty amazing. So one of my favorite artists that I've seen live like a million times <laughs> in electronic music, because now they can't perform, they were offering paid, but offering to, to give music production lessons, which otherwise wouldn't have happened. Right. And so I'm basically now doing production lessons with him. And one on this one is or pretty, is it like a class? Yeah. Sorry? Is it one on one or is it a class? Yeah. No, it's a one on one virtual lesson per week. And it's it's amazing. I would never have thought that this would happen, you know, it's like uh, I don't know who's your favorite celebrity <laughs> and okay. then you have like a one on one with him. It's amazing. Oh, wow, that's so, very cool. Yeah, so I'm doing that. Uh, and the other was, okay, learn a little bit of Dutch because, yeah, I, I've been wanting to do it for some time. I didn't have the time. But then I said, okay, I'll, I'll devote some more time to it. And I did. Um, still a long way to go, but it's a bit better than it was before. So, yeah. Exactly. And the fourth one was to run. I haven't managed to run as much as I wanted to, but, well, I'm trying to do exercise at least. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so finding ways to stay productive and and make use of the time definitely sounds like a positive approach to it. And yeah, and I was reading an article this morning, uh, like how to handle boredom during Corona, because I, I guess many people are, you know, thinking about that and feeling bored. And two things that I read were pretty helpful, I think. Okay. The one is that write down, so basically it says that psychologically we are responding better when we know we're doing something positive instead of doing something, feeling, doing something negative. So instead of saying to yourself, oh, I, I can't do anything, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to stay home, I, you know, I'm locked down. It's better to say um, I'm doing a sacrifice for my own good and the good of, you know, everyone else. So that feels kind of gives it more positive mm-hmm. notes, and uh, so I wrote down, I wrote this down and put this on my fridge so I can look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that I read, which I think is very true, is that you know, if if you were fighting for your life or someone that you know was fighting for their life, you wouldn't be bored. Or if you didn't have food to eat, you know, or if you didn't have a job, you wouldn't be bored. I think so. Boredom, thinking about it as a kind of a first world problem. I, I don't know if you can think about it all the time, but sometimes it kind of is helpful to just not, you know, panic and yeah, just cope. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, that that giving it a little bit of, of purpose and meaning and and perspective, really, in that you know, as difficult as the situation is for you in that moment, it could definitely be worse. So great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And Maggie from Argentina asked a question that if you have any any advice for her, she's currently unhappy in her job and is unsure of how to go about job hunting during this time period. And she was wondering if any people had advice for what to do in that circumstance. Is there anything that you could share with her? Yeah, so I think... A few things. If if I was her, what I would do is first try to reflect on what is I like in life. How would I prefer spending my time working working on what instead of what she's doing now? Because now we have more time in general to think. So I think at the end it, it will help us if if we if we manage to do that. 
the other thing that I anyway works like this, but now we have more time to do is probably network virtually with people who are working at um, things we're interested in. So for instance, go to LinkedIn and, and reach out to some people that are working for either companies you like or professions that you like and try to have a chat with them because I think in general everyone has more time now so I don't feel a lot of people would say oh, I don't have time let's <laughs> you know it's, it's also a good occasion for that so yeah extend the network probably write down some things it helps to, to to brainstorm and think what it is that you would like to do yeah so I recently I don't know helped a friend of mine to kind of a strategic plan of how she would find a new job that was before the whole COVID uh, lockdown but I think it doesn't change so yeah network think about it write things down yeah probably also learn something new okay. so for instance yeah a, a new skill that might be useful to to what you want to do and um I have a friend of mine in Geneva who, who has been out of a job for like, I think, six months now. And what he's been doing instead of just applying to jobs is he's writing a daily kind of blog article on LinkedIn on okay. what he wants to work on, ideally. So he's created kind of a routine of himself uh, to, to establish himself as a kind of a subject matter as, expert to what he wants to do. And hopefully through that, he would be able to get noticed and, and get an, an, a job from that. But I also think it's a creative solution, yeah, to do. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that advice. And lastly, are there any other thoughts or reflections that you have either about the future, about the, the new normal that we're going to have to create, accept in some way, or any, any questions that you have for other listeners or interview guests? Yeah, so, well, I hope we will be able to to go back to normal soon. I, I don't think it's going to be tomorrow, but yeah, hopefully relatively soon. Um, I think what I'm hoping, and also for myself, is that after this we're going to be more mindful and more maybe grateful about people we have around us or also we will be less maybe prone to distractions so myself I'm, I've been traveling in general quite a lot right I've been taking the plane once or twice a month uh, to go around Europe either to meet friends or go to events you know things like that but I feel that because we are locked down in our cities you know in, in our homes we will be able to to feel better in them and not feel the need to go somewhere else basically so I think there can be a good can have a good effect to that also, I guess social media addiction, uh, I've been noticing myself I'm not going on social media right now because I don't feel the need to do that. I guess people feel the need to do that more when they feel insecure about their own life. But now we know that everyone is having a hard time. It's not, yeah, I guess it's more to connect with other people than just to, to, to like posts all the time and like uh, stories. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know, I guess I just hope we... We can be all a bit more mature and a bit more, we can do a, a good introspection during this time. And in terms of questions, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it just helps to ask people to set goals for this period. So to give it a positive note. It doesn't mean that we all should overwork or do stuff all the time just because we're at home. But like, yeah, I guess the little things that normally we don't have time to do, I would ask people try and do them now because we have more time. 
Right, great. So, so kind of a call for examining values and getting back to what's really important and appreciating what you have in front of you without necessarily feeling a need to be so busy or to go other places and also to take advantage if you have extra time these days to take advantage of that and try to set some goals whether they're big goals or modest goals and make the best use of the time that we have i also hope that that was a good question food waste goes down (laughs) that's a good question does during covid food waste have gone has gone down because most of it is through restaurants which are closed right now so we would expect that this would happen but i don't know it has it uh so yeah it can be good for the planet also i guess Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've certainly seen that pretty drastic, totally drastic decreases in nitrogen dioxide all around the planet, cleaning up air quality. And now you're mentioning food waste as well. So that could be something to think about as we do reopen. Is there a way that we can reopen that's less wasteful with, you know, however restaurants are making that determination? Maybe there are ways that they can reduce food waste and as consumers, we can also be more mindful about what we're ordering, too. And, and I guess I see some good also examples from some governments. Like, for instance, France, I was reading today, they are planning to increase spending on people using bicycles around the city. So instead of being crammed in the, in the metro uh, to go to work, uh, basically they're subsidizing the use of, of bicycles and also they're expanding the bicycle lanes and stuff. So... On the one hand, they will be able to kind of mitigate coronavirus uh, infections because not as many people will be going back to the trains like that. And also it will, you know, drop a little bit the emissions uh, due to decreased cars and, um, yeah, I guess public transport. So I, I hope that this can be a good occasion for good things to happen. Well, I'm right there with you. Well, Christina, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was wonderful to hear about what's going on with you and your optimistic perspective. Thank Mm -hmm. you again and, and take care. Be well. Thank you.